pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to the Review of Death, a Doctor Who podcast and your fortnightly home for Doctor Who news and reviews. I'm Matthew Toffolo. I'm joined as ever by Billy Garrett-John, all the way in New Zealand. Hello, Billy. Hello, mate. You all right? Uh, yeah. Just want to get it out there. Uh, contrary to what the press have been saying, I have not been dropped from the review yeah. of death. Uh, I am still here. Um, and you are uh, very, a diva, very, very though, aren't you? <laughs> I'm. I am a bit of a diva, and I don't like coming out of my uh, my uh, dressing room. But uh, I'm very excited to be here to be talking about uh, Impossible Astronaut and Day of the Moon. Yes. Yeah. Is that the first series six review we've done? I oh, know we did closing time, didn't we? Yeah, and I think he's <laughs> the Doctor's wife in Series 6 as well. Oh, we did do that, didn't we? And we did so the the Widow, the Wardrobe and the... Oh, yes. So we, we're, we're plugging whatever. gaps, but yeah. I thought it was good to go back to this one because we've always said Series 6 is where the rot set in for us. Yes. And, you know, it, it was where we started to kind of go, mm, I don't know if this kind of Doctor Who or maybe Doctor Who generally yeah. is for me. So it'll be interesting to go back and see if this is where that set in for us and if that's warranted at all or not. Yeah. If we do more Series 6, we'll kind of, you know, venture along that path. But we actually have some news to talk about, although this will be incredibly yeah. old by the time yeah. we come around to talking about it. It was a bit um, unfortunate because we recorded the Roddies early and then yes. the week that the Roddies went out, all the news came out, whether it was toys or rumours or God knows what. It was. I think yeah. it was like the day or two afterwards, everything, the floodgates yeah. <laughs> opened. So uh, we'll, we'll tiptoe around things and we'll discuss as much as we can. But yeah. first and foremost is Millie Gibson's status in Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, that relates to an article that was in the Daily Mirror that said that she had been, quote, dropped from the show, right. um, which was quite an unceremonial title to use. You know, it was it was pretty yeah. a pretty dour term to use for somebody's inclusion or, or otherwise in a TV series. Um, yeah. What did you think of, of that coverage? And, and what are your thoughts on Millie Gibson maybe only sticking around for a season and a bit of the looks of things? I mean... I'm not so worried about her only sticking around for a season and a bit. I mean, it's happened before. We had it with Martha Jones, didn't we? She only stuck around for a season and popped up again, didn't she, in series four? Um, so I'm not so worried about that. I think the problem is, uh, which is obviously something that we've talked about before with them recording so far ahead, is mm. that you're now privy to all the stuff that's going on in the next series before the first series is even aired. 
Yes. And I think had this have been the first series was going out or, you know, it was coming to the end of the first series going out and they were now doing this block of recording, I don't think people would be so bothered. You know, they might have been like, oh, mm. that's a shame that she's going. But I think just because of the nature of the beast that oh, we haven't even really seen her performance yet and she's gone makes it feel very weird. And obviously it's very reminiscent of the Christopher Eccleston stuff. You know, the, yeah, I was going to say, I think th the issue I think you're describing is shooting so far in, adv in advance that they can't, the, the production team can't reveal whether or not she's gone because yeah. then that sort of puts a downer on her appearance in the show generally when it does come to her appear on screen. And, yeah. and, and from what we see, they are sort of halfway through filming the next series. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it's tricky talking about the Millie Gibson thing because it's 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 conjecture mainly, you know, regardless of yes. individual stories people may may or may yeah. not have heard. Um, I mean, it was it was funny that it was sort of it was sort of rumored, wasn't it, before the press got hold of it. There was talk about her not being yeah. in it or not being in it so well, much, there was and a, then and then people were like, "Well, no, she's on she's on set, she's on set." And then every mm. then everyone was going, "Wait a minute, she's in she's on holiday in Corfu, wherever the fact she's gone." She's <laughs> <laughs> so having a lovely holiday by the looks of things, and good for yeah. her. Um, I think there was another Daily Mail article that seemed to fly under people's radars, which 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 was the one that branded her a diva, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and it's like you know, what, th th there is no constructive way to discuss that because it's yeah. a very reductive term and it's being used by an insider which yeah. is always something you need to treat with suspicion um but i think yeah th this says more about the production process the fact that they haven't said anything either you know if, if that's something they should have done to cover her and to kind of protect her a little bit yeah or you know whether or not that speaks to an issue with the way that they are promoting and plotting a, a series that is shot a year and a half, two years in advance or whatever it is at the moment. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, we do know uh, that the Doctor's new best friend, if I open my phone, uh, is being played by Varada Sethu, who appeared in a Star Wars spinoff. Have you seen her in that? Yeah, she was in Andor. She was really good in Andor. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see what she's like. Having seen the the location footage uh, that was shot the other day in Car no, not in mm. Cardiff. Where was it? Somewhere in Wales. You know. uh, it's but, either Cardiff or somewhere else in Wales. Somewhere else it? in Wales. Um, yeah, yeah she be. she looked she looked good. She was in the it was the fifties one, wasn't it? Fifties Miami, they think. So uh, yeah. yeah, they look great. The pair of them together. So I'm I'm excited to see what that's like. And it's it's funny actually because you now everyone was sort of saying, well, I say everyone. Annie wasn't very keen on Ruby Sunday because she was like, oh, well, you know, she's just another another young blonde girl is like Rose 2.0 sort of thing. Um, so to to have, you know, a companion that is of colour and you have now a TARDIS team that is completely of mm. colour. Um, I think that's time. Yeah, for the first time, I think that's, that's really cool. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that goes down with certain people in the, in the press slash the public. Well, fuck them. Yeah. Uh, is all I have to say. Uh, on a slightly more positive note, um, new Doctor Who toys unveiled. Yes. Um, today, as of the day that we're recording this, you put out your review of the Fugitive Doctor on I the did. YouTube she's, she's here. channel. She's, she's next to me. Woo! Looks absolutely fantastic. That sculpt is just Very mental. good figure. Very good figure. 
It's but, so funny how long that that has been in development because I know um, Affable Design, the sculpting company, posted a thing yesterday saying they did the three D scan of her on the twenty first of November in twenty twenty one. And yeah, I remember getting the text from Al saying. Mm we've just scanned Joe Martin for her figure. And I was like, oh my God, excellent. You're making a figure. And I very foolishly thought, oh, in a year's time, we'll have Joe Martin on the shelf. So obviously not, but um, wow, it's it's been a while. And I I, I got the first pictures of her while I was on holiday in Italy last year. So that was like July. So I was I was in the Airbnb. We'd just come back from a day out and my phone's going. And I got all these pictures of the fugitive doctor set. And I'm like, Lucky oh, bugger. wow, look at that. <laughs> Isn't it frustrating, though, like to, to know so far in advance that something is happening and yes. then to see the quote unquote discourse as much oh. as I hate that term. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can't say anything because, you know, you're a trusted it, person, Yeah, you know, and, and you don't you don't want to ruin it for people as well, but you also, I guess, kind of want to step in and go. Everybody, calm down. Like stuff is happening. You know, it's yeah. Stuff isn't dead. Like just chill out and wait. Just just it, give yourself time. It's really difficult, especially when things start to get personal, and you know, people are saying stuff like, "Oh well, oh mm. must be color prejudice because yeah, they haven't done this figure and they haven't done Sasha Dewan." You know, obviously that is not the case. Al adores Joe Martin. You know, mm. he he's always said to me how much he loves her character. Um, and rightly so. She was amazing when she turned up in the, the Fugitive of the Jadoon. Um, but like he said in the little video, you know, it was just they wanted to get it right and they wanted to do it correctly and make sure that the money was there to tool the figure to the best mm. of its ability. I saw people on the internet, now this is hilarious, that were like, why don't they just do a Joe Martin head sculpt and stick it on John Pertwee's body? Yes, yes. Put the, the head of a black woman on a six <laughs> foot tall white man. <laughs> but it just goes to show like there's no understanding. And it, that might be a problem with communication from character or or whatever of what the processes are yeah. from, you know, an idea to getting a sign off to doing the scan to getting confirmation that the actor is happy with that scan to the tooling through to the painting, actually getting the stuff made. And what seems like happened in in the Fugitive Doctor's case is having a rough date set for when it was coming out. And then that date being delayed because it was covered in the 60th anniversary diamond logos. So I assume it was actually meant for the back end of 2023. I I think Um, it probably was. I mean, I I don't know for sure, but I I think that might be, have been the case was that it was probably meant to come out last year, probably like I said, at the end of last year, something like that. And then it got pushed back. Um, mm. And I think it was probably the same for the collection set as well. I think people were saying that they thought season 15 was going to be announced before the end of 2023. Yeah. And it wasn't. And I get this sense that, especially on Doctor Who day, when everyone was like, Oh, well, this is when they're going to announce mm. collection sets and audios and all this kind of stuff. Like they had done in years gone by. All of a sudden, all the promotion on that day was, this is what's happening for the 60th anniversary specials and all that kind of stuff. And I think it was probably just a BBC thing where they said, actually, we don't want to be looking backwards. We're right on top of the new stuff coming out. We want to focus on that. 
and fair enough, you know, makes more sense to do it now when you've got these four or five months before the, the new series airs um, to do the legacy stuff. Um, mm. So who who knows? I mean, it's all it's all yeah. you know, speculation, isn't it, at this point? Speaking of the Fugitive Doctor and prepping very far in advance, I think there was also some conversations about the, the big finish set and why that hasn't seen the light of day. Well, there we go. I mean, that is another thing, you know. I think this is the thing that people need to kind of put their thinking caps on and be like, well, hang on a minute. You know, it's not just character who haven't released Sasha Dewan or the mm. Fugitive Doctor. You know, Big Finish announced their stuff way back when. And now we're, we're talking years and yeah. that still hasn't materialised. And as far as we're aware, that's because of a BBC thing. The BBC have, you know, put paid to that. Um, so I don't know. Who knows? Uh, maybe they just think this is the year of the Fugitive Doctor. Maybe Big Finish's box sets will come out be, this year. I don't that know. would be fantastic if it actually all tallied up like that. But, you know, this is a great example of why this sort of stuff isn't announced mm. way ahead of time because loads yeah. of roadblocks can get in the way of something actually coming out. So, yeah. you know, cogito ergo sum, Big Finish, announcing <laughs> their box set, what it, whatever it was, a year and a half, nearly two years ago, yeah. uh, and it not coming out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you know, it's preemptive because there are so many other hurdles. Something has to jump, especially yeah. when it's involving an IP where so many other people are involved in it. You're not also communicating with the BBC or not only communi communicating with the BBC, I should say. You're also communicating with Chris Chibnall and yeah. saying, are you okay with you know the, the use of the Fugitive Doctor here? Yeah. And maybe even Vinny Patel, because that yeah. was you know a story that, that Vinny Patel wrote. And then you're going to Russell and Bad Wolf and any other licensees that are involved in it if there's monsters from yeah. different estates. So, you know, it's great that it's finally come out, but it's just an example, I think, of showing there are so many things happening behind the scenes that fans aren't privy to. This yeah. is why it's 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 not come out. It's nothing to do with the person who's the head of the Doctor Who range of character options yeah. not wanting brown people in their range. You <laughs> it's, know, it's just it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. But yeah, you um, know, I think I think people always leap to, you know, the the I don't know. They just always leap to those sort of conclusions because that's just bonkers. what people are like. Um, but yeah, she, but we do know here. that things are happening. We do know yes. that things are in the pipeline, courtesy yeah. of some um, some happy snappers at Toy Fair yeah. in London. There is a uh, a fifteenth Doctor, a Ruby, yeah. which also has a bit of a question mark over it, according to what was said at a booth. But even yeah. that may not be legit, you know. Yeah, I'm not really a hundred percent sure what the deal is there. Um, I mean, I haven't heard anything to say that she wasn't coming out, but maybe that is the case. Maybe, she, I don't know, but I don't see why why they wouldn't. Um, no, as you said, like Martha Jones was only in one series. Yeah. We've got a Martha Jones figure. We've got two Martha Jones figures. we got two Martha you know? Jones figures, yeah. So I, I don't see why not. And I think someone on Twitter actually said, oh, her costume, if you repainted it, would work for a Clara. So it was like, well, I guess if you're going to do the tooling, you could always put Clara's head on that body and then I there's saw... a B&M set. <laughs> Somebody's saying she'd be good for a Jamie. Be good for a Jamie. <laughs> With that skirt, you know. Jamie, um, you've got very womanly legs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, you've got a lovely ass. Um, and then there's a Wrath Warrior, uh, a 15th Doctor Sonic, uh, and a uh, Beep the Meep plush. Beep the Meep plushy. I know. Finally, finally. So finally. Exciting I do, times. I do kind of think, though, that 
and as we've said already, there's a lot of hurdles to jump, a lot of people to please, a lot of people to get sign off and, and green ticks from. Yeah. But do you think with stuff like Beep the Meep, that ship's already sailed in terms of its you know, selling power in the stores. If that was ready for Christmas of last year, yeah, um, coming off the, the the anniversary specials, and you know, I'm I'm relatively sure we'll see Meep appear later down the line. Yeah, um, there's got to be a return or at least a cameo from the character. But yeah. what we we've sort of spoken about it with, but if you could just touch on it briefly, just sort of saying about the supermarkets needing like security and knowledge that stuff's going to sell before it's stocked and why this stuff just isn't in the stores yet and why it might become yeah. later than people expected. I mean, yeah, it's, it's always that. And I, I mean, Al has been on record for saying like the year that we had the David Tennant specials, that was a difficult year because, you know, um, the, the shops want to know that the, the, the figures are supported by, a thing like a film or yeah. a series, you know, and when you only have three episodes going out sporadically throughout the year, like we did with the David Tennant specials, that then creates a problem because it's like, well, it's not really on the telly for any lot for any extended amount of time. Um, so it is it's sort of in a, in a bit of limbo. And I think that's kind of what happened with the 60th anniversary specials. I think because, you know, no one knew if it was going to, do well anyway so you know i guess a lot of supermarkets and a lot of toy shops don't want to back that horse if they don't know i mean obviously yeah, well, they, they had in mind what had happened with the jodie whittaker era exactly and the fact that, that stuff just didn't sell and unfortunately exactly. but that's yeah kind of the cold hard truth you know and then that's that is the cold hard truth um so i think you know retailers have been wary um but I'm guessing now that they know that there's a full series coming out in May and that they've got this big launch and that obviously Disney are going to do a big publicity thing for it because that's what Russell's has said. Russell has already said that <clears throat> Disney are going to do the big publicity for May rather than for the Christmas special. And I think it's for the same reason. I think it's that same thing of why promote a one-off mm. special when you can put all your eggs into the big, long series. I mean, I know it's only eight episodes, but I mean, that's the standard now, isn't it, for most dramas, and it's six yes. to ten episodes. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say that the, Chris, the, the, the 60th anniversary and Into the Christmas was a soft launch on mm. Disney and on those platforms. Like, yeah. if you were scrolling on there over Christmas and New Year, like a lot of families were on yes. the Disney Plus app outside of the UK, Doctor Who was very prominent on there. That cool. They weren't putting out trailers on posters and, and, you know, they weren't putting ads into videos on YouTube and stuff like yeah. that. But that's because the, the series hasn't started yet. But I'm sure that people that were using Disney over that period saw the stuff they were supposed to see with the faces they were supposed to yeah. recognise. Oh, that's the new Doctor. This is new Doctor Who. There's yeah. the logo. Um, and, and so I think the term that's been used when we, we've spoken to people involved in it is the beast is waking up with regards yeah. to Disney. So we just have to see what they do when they do kind of kick into full gear. Are you being molested by I'm a being, dog? Uh, yes, I am. I've got the beast has woken up. <laughs> the, be the beast is here. The meep is trying to get me. Um, no, he's bugging off. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I think that's it. You know, and I don't know. I keep saying to people, "Oh, I reckon that 
you know, because people were sort of saying like, well, why haven't we got a shooting Gatway? You know, the Christmas special has been and gone. And I think it's just that. I think there is probably a whole big marketing plan, which is, you know, big time. All the shit is going to kick off in May. Um, that is not me saying that we're definitely going to get the 15th Doctor in May. I have absolutely no idea when those figures are coming out. Um, but I think, you know, a lot in that sort of period is probably when we can expect to see the figure the sonic screwdriver uh, uh, what do you think in terms of retailers as well because obviously recently bnm has been the home of doctor who action yeah. figures that you can buy in stores do you think that it's going to be that same kind of deal do you th which, which retailers would you guess would be more interested in coming in would, would it be something you can see stocked in forbidden planet i mean the fact that those action figure sets don't even get in forbidden, forbidden planet anymore yeah you know is quite uh, well striking. i think I think I think definitely Forbidden Planet. I, I'm sure Forbidden Planet will get it. I mean, they had the Sonic Screwdriver for yeah. the 14th Doctor, so I, I think Forbidden Planet surely. Um, whether other high street shops will get them, fingers crossed. It would be nice to see Doctor Who, you know, front and center back again. Back in Argos. Um, back in Argos, yeah. Um, but it's interesting, you know, looking at the prototypes that were on display. They both figures look like they're completely new tools. Yes. It's obviously incredibly expensive. Obviously, the Wrath Warrior is completely tall because, you know, look at the size of the damn thing. It's huge. It looks amazing. Um, but it was interesting, like, looking at the new articulation that these figures have got. You know, they both, Ruby and the Doctor, ball-jointed shoulders. They've got ball-jointed elbows. Uh, so it looks like there's been a conscious effort to go, right, well, let's up the ante and I guess mm. kind of make it closer to you know, your Marvel Legends and your Star Wars Black Series figures. You know, I've got, you know, I've got a Marvel Legend here. I've got Wolverine here, you know, and he's got articulation coming out of his arse. You know, it's just, but that is like is 26 one, quid. Is it one really, really long metal spike that comes out of his arse? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, that's like 26 pounds. So yeah. that's not me saying, oh shit, the new figures are going to be 26 quid. But mm -hmm. I do think, you know, the thing is, <laughs> the thing I find as someone who collects a lot of toys from different ranges, the thing I've found is Doctor Who fans are the worst toy collectors in the world because they tend because a lot of them tend to only collect Doctor Who toys mm -hmm. rather than anything else. And a lot of them just remember what it was like when they were kids and they're just like, Well, why isn't this figure eight pounds like it was when I bought Donna Noble? Well, I could go into WH Smith and get a clockwork droid off the peg because yeah. nobody else wanted them. Exactly. And, and and I think, you know, they're just so unaware of what is going on in the, the wider world in terms of toys. So I don't know, maybe I reckon we could be looking at a figure that's like 15, 18 quid, perhaps. It would make if, sense. It would make sense. I mean, like here, I've got a McFarlane Riddler. This is their, like, one of their cheaper ranges, but it has all of the articulation that mm. those new, um, the new... Uh, figures have got the new Doctor Who ones that we saw at Toy Fair, you know, and these go from anywhere between 13 to 18 pounds. So maybe it could be something like that. I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see the new stuff and um, yeah, hopefully it won't be too long. Excellent. Well, uh, talking about action figures that are in stores that nobody wanted, do you remember buying the astronaut from uh, the impossible astronaut and day of the moon when it came out? Weird you should say that because I've just bought one off of eBay. What? Well, I had the one 
so they, they they made two. I had the one that had Amy, not Amy, Melody Pond. The little girl. I had the little girl's yeah. head in the bloody space suit. I oh, had that. Is I've there, got that is there one. one with with a sculpt where the little girl's head is in it? There's one. Yeah. So the, oh. the, the sort of standard one is that one, which, is, which right. I already have. But then the harder one to get was with Adult River Song in the space suit from the finale. Spoilers. Um, Oh, yeah, spoiler, sorry. Uh, yeah, so I never had that figure and someone was selling one on eBay, sort of cheap, with a variant of the silence that I didn't really have. So I thought, oh, I'll get it. We are listening to the, impo- the talking about yeah. uh, the impossible astronaut and day of the moon. <laughs> impossible ass. Uh, and the impossible ass, which can take all the Doctor Who figures. It was aired <sighs> between the 23rd of April and the 30th of April, 2011, uh, and oh. got viewers of 8.86 million for the wow. first part, and then part two uh, went down by over one and a half million viewers. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. But it just knowing how that story progresses, yeah, I can see why. Not a massive like, shock, I think. If no. I was not a Doctor Who fan and just a member of the general public, going, "Oh, new Doctor Who started by yeah. the end of Impossible Astronaut," I would have gone. I don't think I'm going to bother next week. I don't know yeah. what the fuck's going on. It's, um, it can be a bit impenetrable, can't it? Uh, uh, to try and get a bit deeper into what was going on, I actually watched the prequel scene that came out. Oh, okay. Remember they used to do these little 90-second little mini scenes prior was to certain it- <clears throat> episodes going out? Now, would I be right in saying that it was Richard Nixon getting a phone call from the little That's girl? That's correct. That does ring a bell then, yeah. So it doesn't add anything except that Nixon is on the phone with a little girl and actually there's quite a creepy bit where she goes uh, just look behind you please just look behind you mm. and he's like I don't need to look behind me don't worry the Oval Office is the most secure place in the world and she's like honestly please just look behind you and then he leans back in his chair and there's a silence looming uh, over his table which was yeah. actually quite creepy um, so what did you think going into this, Matt? What were your memories of the Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon? Did you have any revelations watching it this time? So I think I think I enjoyed it less this time round. This is always this has always been one that I've really enjoyed. Um not to say that I didn't enjoy it. I, I did enjoy it. Um but I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I have previously. Um but I did try to sort of cast my mind back to where I was as a fan yeah. in 2011. And I obviously, I, we just come off the back of Series 5, which I really enjoyed. I really liked yes. Series 5. Series 5 was great. And it, I felt like it was a, a shot in the arm for the show, you know, after the, the Russell T Davies years. You know, it, it felt new. It felt in, invigorating. And then I remember watching this and thinking, this is really good. But, um, you know, this was at the time when all the like the mysteries of like, oh, what does that mean? And, you know, the doctor's dead. You know, how, what, where's this all going to go? It's only yeah. now when you watch it back and realise it goes absolutely nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> no. that you become more annoyed. And, and you I asked to... about six questions per episode yeah. that you never get an answer to. Yeah. And, and I was literally I was turning around to Annie and saying, now, what does that mean? What did what happened? What does that actually end up being? And she was like, oh, I can't remember. And I had to get the wiki out and like look oh. up Amy Pond. And we were like, I think, is is she made of cum at this point? And we were like, yeah, this, this is cum, Amy. Oh, no, I'd forgotten about cum, Amy. Yeah. 
Oh God. I was just I was, <laughs> I was think I was <laughs> I was thinking I'm surprised oh, yeah, they, they never did a variant of that character options. I'm surprised they never well, they just got the, the Amy Pond. They? They, they they did they did sell the spunk pop. I've still got some. <laughs> maybe maybe in the wardrobe. with your own stock maybe it should have just been um yeah like a semi-translucent slightly tacky amy yeah that could have been goo goo yeah well, what was it called what ganger. was the what was the ganger ganger, ganger goo yeah. ganger. ganger slime ganger goo. <laughs> um so yeah i forgot i i'd forgotten all about the baby i'd yeah. forgotten all about melody <laughs> I'd yeah. forgotten all about Silence Will Fall. I'd forgotten yeah. about Madame Coverian. Yeah. I'd forgotten about the the Doctor. Turfy, turf face. <laughs> uh, honestly, I I'd forgotten about all of that stuff. Yeah. And so coming back to it, I, I think <laughs> PTSD right. setting. <laughs> yeah, I just started twitching. My eyes started going. I was like, but this doesn't mean anything because mm. where does it go? You yeah. know, and and. I quite like the idea of having an opening two-parter. That's that's really cool. Yes. But the opening two-parter, the actual story with with the silence is is interesting. But Th this that is what to I get found up quickly, you yeah. know. And so that doesn't get a very satisfying resolution. And then you've got all this other stuff set up for later down the line, and only half of that stuff gets paid off. And the stuff that does get paid off, only half of that is done in a satisfying way. Yeah. So it's just like nobody wins you know and this is what i found watching it this time and i don't know if it was because annie was with me and she did not enjoy this story at all um yeah. and i was there going oh but this bit's good and this bit's good um but um she, uh she sort of said to me she was like so what did the silence even want and i was like well uh, uh and she was like and i was like yeah why do they want a spacesuit for a little girl I mean, I guess it's to kill the doctor, but it's like, why would you come here of all places? Why wouldn't you go to like another planet where they've got really good weapons and just, I don't well, know. It seems a bit weird. I don't really understand. Uh, I was trying to write all of this down as I went along and I just sort of ended up pausing <laughs> it for massive periods. Um, Getting a spreadsheet out and trying to... Yeah. So that I, always I sunny picture... Ever... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking forward to people saying, well, actually, no, it was quite clear in the text yeah, why they wanted the spacesuit, because I don't know why. No, I don't um, know why. But the silence are apparently parasites influencing yeah. human history. Um, and I like all that. That's great. Yeah. And, I, and I, I like the whole idea that they've been here the whole time. I think the silence yes. as a concept are fantastic. And, and, and visually, they look amazing. Visually, they look amazing, but it's exemplified by that scene where Amy is walking around the orphanage. Yes, and she looks into the into the window, and then the lightning flashes, and she's got tally marks all over yeah. her face, and you know her hand has started flashing. And and the, yeah. earlier in that episode with Canton being in the TARDIS of all places, yes, and his hand starts flashing, and you go, "Oh yeah. shit, he's seen a silence." Absolutely fantastic. I love um, the way that they do all of that stuff. That is so clever. Yeah. You know that your your a scene is playing out as normal, and then all of a sudden, oh wait, no, you've you've missed this whole chunk of time. It's yeah. so cleverly done. I mean, you know, I gotta say, Stephen Moffat when he gets a good idea like that, is he's brilliant. You know, um, but then what he does is, <laughs> oh, I've got a really good idea for a monster. What I'm gonna do is make sure that by the end of this episode, they are never able to come back and invade Earth ever again. Yeah, because every single time somebody watches the moon landing footage, which I, I'm I, I'm sure happens quite often, yeah, they will 
cave in the head of any <laughs> silence that they see near them. You know, by hook or by crook, either by slamming their head into a sliding door or by shooting them or whatever. The silent and and again as a separate thing, you know, the doctor is always sort of criticised for committing mass genocide on villains. Yeah. It's another example of that. Is another, it? yeah. Yeah. So is there just like dead silence, like on the floor? Yeah. Basis? You if just you just to, like trip over your own feet, is it just you've tripped you don't over? You don't realise it, but it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, a dead it's, it's a rotting silence corp, corp, corpse that's been there. When, that's been there 60 years. When you, when the, when you get the smell of the drains and you think, cool, the drains have gone. It's just, it's just the musky smell of decomposing silent flesh. As a bird, as a, that bird's nest, nothing's died up there, is it? No. Yeah. And then you, you crane out and you <laughs> yeah. see this Skeletal. six foot tall slender man rotting on the, on the roof. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't understand why they needed a spacesuit, but they've influenced yeah. NASA to, you know, they've given them a nudge in a direction of you yeah. need to go to the moon. And the doctor says at the start of uh day of the moon, we're going up there because of Buzz Aldrin's foot or something like that. Yeah. What's that all about? Is it's it like, just well, you never clever- see it anyway. No. So yeah, why? Oh, well, I guess, but yeah, it's because yeah, Buzz Aldrin's foot is the the thing that that sorts it all out, isn't it? Because it's, it's it that, is, it, is. it doesn't answer why the silence have any interest in the moon landing at all, or influencing American politics and American astrophysics into I mean, that the, direction. The thing is, yeah, I mean, I, I, it just brings takes me back to that point of why. Why a 1960s spacesuit to house a little girl? I mean, I know when they've, they've got, got the technology themselves. Yeah, they've got a fucking basically a TARDIS. So yeah, what that makes no sense to me. And like we know that NASA astronaut suits of that period aren't like you know they don't walk on their own. And you know, obviously, no. I guess the silence tweaked it a bit. They thought, well, no, that that little girl the, the, was on the, outer stilts shell looks on the inside right. of the thing. Yeah. So like her her legs only come down like just above the knee. Yeah. In the astronaut suit, and it's just stilts the rest of the way down. Maybe maybe they're just not very good designers. Maybe they're they're technologically really clever, but they're like, oh, we we could build this thing, but if we do it, it's going to look shit. What we need is another race to make it look really cool. We'll, it's going to we'll, look we'll really suspicious when it's all sort of slimy and leathery like yeah. us. So let's make it look slightly recognisable. Let's make it half palatable for a small child to be forced into, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, so that's one question that I don't think we ever get to the bottom of. No. Um, another one which sets up the story at, at the beginning of, of the first part, The Impossible Astronaut, is uh, Amy, Rory, the riv- uh, River Song and the Doctor yeah. all receiving blue envelopes to yep. come to this one location, this one particular time. And because they're blue envelopes, the Doctor even references, oh, they're TARDIS blue. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of think, oh, right, so the, the Doctor has set this up in some way in yeah. the future. But then the Doctor, who for the rest of the episode is actually 200 years younger Yes. Than the doctor that is shot on Lake Silencio. Yeah. Uh, that doctor doesn't know. Who, who is it at the end of the series? Do we find out? What, what do you mean? Who's who's who? Who who sends who sends those envelopes out? Is it the doctor? The doctor does, yeah. Okay. He's in cool. closing time, isn't it? Doesn't he post them in closing time? Oh, I've Can you remember? Out of sight, out of mind, mate, honestly. Doesn't doesn't he post them and that's when he sees the kids? And then you get that really weird thing when you've got... Oh, the, yeah, like, when he's, like, the, the, staying the mono- school, kids. Yeah, the inner monologue of the kids. is like, 
I thought he was really cool in his green coat, said no one ever. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I liked his hat. So I wanted a cowboy hat like that. And just like, what is, what is this? Who gives a fuck what these kids think? You will buy the action figure when you it comes out. You do find even, it cool. Even character options didn't do uh, Matt Smith in that long green coat right. in the five-inch range. They did it for the three-quarter inch. But they, even, they, they they knew, like, they, even they were like, nah, that, looks, that looks wank, fucking, mate. Um, get out of here. Um, <laughs> so we see uh, that uh, a lot of this episode is set in America. Uh, yeah. And uh, namely Utah and uh, Washington DC and Cape yeah. Kennedy and New York were all over America. Uh, I'm sure this has a lot to do with the show being broadcast on BBC America at the time. Yeah, I think so. And obviously, yeah, um, this is when it really got big, didn't it? Overseas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there was a deal in place, like, you know, shoot an episode here, we'll cover the costs. And yeah, you know, I mean, it says we'll BBC America at the it. end on the credits. Yeah. It does. It does actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not sure if the rest of the series does, but it would be interesting to have a look. Maybe. Yeah, um, and, and beautifully shot. I must say, I think yes. this episode was beautifully directed. It looked yeah. fantastic. Uh, I mean, all of the obviously once you go on location to a place like, like you said, the Utah desert, you know, it already looks incredible. So that's doing half the work for you. Um, but yeah, ev- everything just was so gorgeously shot and i mean we've already briefly mentioned the the stuff in the orphanage mm. really great very that's the best stuff in the episode very spooky this is the thing you know i think this this story it's that balance of you know we go very very scary and i can imagine like little kids being like this is this mm. is spooky stuff i can remember watching it for the first time and thinking gosh this this feels quite scary with the like the, the writing on the walls the like get out or whatever it was and impossibly in blood, you know, the way that it's written and you sort of think, fuck me, this is, this is hardcore. But then you get like some like daft bits with like the president turning up and the burr, 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 and then you're sort of like, oh, you know, where, where, I mean, like you need those moments of levity for sure. But um, yeah, tonally it does feel a bit ooh, up and down. It does, it does run the, the, the sort of, that typical gauntlet, the Doctor Who does, where it's like, we need to be a big balls out. It's the first episode spectacle. And then yes. actually the most interesting part of the story is in those, you know, sort of opening 30 minutes in the orphanage in the second episode. And yeah. then having all the stuff in the Oval Office and with Nixon and with the um, Apollo 11 launch does sort of weigh it down a little bit. Mm. It's like, it, it's it's a cool backdrop and yeah. you know if you want something recognizable and a kitsch era in american history there is no better period than to do yeah. that but really all you're seeing is the interior of the oval office and that one cafe on cardiff bay which is very yes. <laughs> yeah um which they frequent quite often yeah. um but i mean on i Lake like silencio I- go on no, I was going to say, I mean, I like all of that initial stuff in the Oval Office, the TARDIS materialising invisible and yeah. that whole bit of the Doctor, you know, secretly writing down the notes and they spot him and he sort of goes, no, carry on. Carry on, you know, yeah, that's love really all that. good. And yeah. like when he b- bashes his head into the side of the TARDIS and, you know, this whole thing of like, oh, you know, the Doctor doesn't know what he's doing, he doesn't know how to pilot it, he doesn't know how to make it visible and all this kind of stuff. And then when he's in trouble, he's like, oh, go on, River, you know, sort it out and you're like oh okay so he does know what he's doing really you know it's great this it's good fun um and the guy who plays nixon is very good as well he does it very well 
His makeup isn't very good, though. His makeup is a bit weird. Yeah. Especially under the eyes, it sort of gets a bit testicle ball baggy. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like somebody who's had their makeup out in front of a halogen lamp for a yeah. couple of hours and it started to melt down his face. It's a little <laughs> bit early Crichton in Red Dwarf, you know, the kind of yes. wrinkles you get around oh, his eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, like you say, the, the, it's beautifully shot and, and the stuff on Lake Silencio is is really mm. impressive. And yeah. even, this, even though the payoff for it is, um, no, that is actually the doctor. The doctor is dead. The person that you just saw being shot is the doctor and they are dead, right? Okay, so we've, we've, we've nailed that down. Yeah. Get to the end of the series. It's not the doctor. They're not dead. That wasn't the doctor. They haven't died. It's, it's like, a fucking okay. robot. Oy. It's a fucking robot, you idiots <laughs> but the, for but believing the, that the, was actually the doctor, even though we told you repeatedly that is the doctor. But the doctor was inside the robot, so... Oh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> it's, so, it's so dumb. I hated it. This is the thing. We were watching it and Annie sort of said, is, it, is he a robot? I said, yeah, he's a robot. And we were just like, why? Why? And I remember like all the press around it at the time and Stephen Moffat being like, no, he's not a robot. Yeah, Stephen. Um, that happens as well with like um How does he regenerate Amy. as well? How, yeah, how does how, how, how does the regeneration energy appear? Unless it's a tiny 11th Doctor regenerating through the skin on the inside, like reverse osmosis I mean, it, or something. It is that period where the doctor can produce regeneration energy like he's having yeah. a fart. So on a know. whim. Yeah. Yeah. But the regeneration energy that comes out of his ass is green rather than gold. <laughs> um yeah, the, the, like the what what's the other thing as well that just doesn't sort of get oh we'll probably come back to it in a bit. Um there's the uh the the Apollo astronaut coming out of the the, the river yeah. or the lake. And I just loved classic Doctor Who dialogue. Uh, an Apollo astronaut appears in the lake and Rory says, that's an Apollo astronaut. That's an Apollo astronaut in a lake. Cheers, mate. <laughs> yeah. Why are you here? Can I ask that question? Why the fuck yeah. is Rory Williams here? The only reason that Rory Williams is here is to add a little bit of romantic angst mm. towards the end of the episode. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say here and now, I think, you know, Amy... Pond gets a lot of slack for mm. the way that she treats Rory. Yeah. The, you know, obviously sexually assaulting the doctor to a, yeah. to a point against the TARDIS in series five and a lot of slapping, a lot of, oh, you're so yeah. stupid, your stupid face. And it's like, yeah. you know, only assholes talk like that. But yeah. I think Rory is to blame for a lot of the kind of, he feels, you know, he's such a downer, that lad. <laughs> All the stuff where he's listening to Amy, A, you know, I, I understand once you're back in the TARDIS, you shouldn't be listening into her conversations. But yeah. when he's got the the thing and she's saying, I loved you, I've always loved you, not him, da 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 da. It's like, yeah. but, but it, you know, if your relationship is secure, and maybe that is Amy's fault for making him think otherwise, yeah. but you're getting in your own head, mate. You can't yeah, be yeah. annoyed at her when she eventually turns around and is like, obviously, I love you, mm. you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, all maybe the, you shouldn't. We, you, know, you know this because this is like the period where all the companions have like a little addendum, isn't it? It's like Amy Pond, the girl who waited, and yeah, Clara, the impossible girl. You know, and Rory, Rory. The that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, it should be Rory the Centurion. It should be Rory, the world's biggest cuck. He is, but you know, that there's an element of that with Mickey as well, I guess. Yeah, and. Yeah. Oh, well, fuck you know, him. We, we, He's a well, prick yeah, in real well, life. So. But, 
you know, the, 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 there are elements of that with other characters. And I, I don't yes. know if I like the Doctor sort of swagging around going, haha, you think that your girlfriend is sleeping with me behind your back, but she's actually not. It's like, well, why don't you just say that? If you <laughs> yeah. think that that's happening, that this Doctor, this 11th Doctor isn't the same 11th Doctor that gets cooties, thinks they get cooties from touching girls. Yeah. He gets snubbed by River Song at the end of this episode. And he knows if Amy Pond has been impregnated on board this ship, it is very possible that this baby will be born with nine heads mm. and a seed wrestle on embedded in their face. Uh, that is yeah. very possible. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's up to Amy as to whether or not she tells her other half. Yeah. I think that that is perfectly acceptable, but it's kind of made out that like Rory is this poor misunderstood chap, not somebody who's getting in his own head and getting freaked out about all this relationship. I don't know. I mean, it is, the whole situation is a bit dodgy. You know, she should probably turn around to him. I mean, obviously she did, she got married to him, but you know, I think there really did. But is that not an indication enough that like, she well, probably you, isn't talking about the doctor in that recorder. Well, you say that, but you know, people have affairs all the time. So, That's true. I mean, so I think, you know, maybe there needed to be a, a real moment between those two where they were like, right. Okay. You know, I, I, there is no, you know, he's a cool dude, but, you know, he's like a daft uncle that you randomly sexually assault against the police box. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I do feel sorry for Rory. I got, I gotta say as, as cucked as he is, I, I do, I do feel sorry for him because, you know, he gets put, gets put through the ringer really. You know, well, he just you, keeps dying constantly. Yeah. And one thing that I, again, this doesn't make, make any sense to me, but again, perhaps it's just because I've not watched everything in such a long time, but the doctor and him, when he's having that moment of, uh, mm. I, I wonder if she's, she's shagging the doctor behind my back. Um, he asks Rory he says, Oh, do you remember those 2000 years when you were a centurion? And he's like, Oh yeah. And now and again, and I was like, well, hang on a minute. Wasn't the Rory Centurion an Auton? Yes, he had an Auton gun. Yeah, so why does real Rory... Because he's not an Auton anymore, is he? He's not plastic. He's a human he, being. Parts of him might be. That's my, That might be why Amy decides to stay with him. Oh, God. I, I, I'm, I'm so confused with it all. Like, why would... Why would why would human did, or did oh, I don't know all that big bang buggering stuff happened? I don't know. It just, well, it's so many least, things to confuse the, you. The show can turn around to you at the end and say, well, the universe exploded and was reset. So any issues that you have from this point on, you can explain away by the fact, the fact the universe had a second big yeah. bang and it's all gone back to, you know, a, a different period in time. But, that still doesn't excuse any of the mad shit that we get in this that we can't explain that I'm sure we will come to yeah. as we go through. And obviously um, River Song, this is, this is again, this was another thing that was an issue mm. for me with this series is obviously River Song becomes a big part of the show from this point on. Um, uh, and, and, you know, her relationship with the Doctor. And there's a scene where River talks about, um, oh, you know, this idea of like, oh, this man falls out of the sky and, you know, I was an impressionable young girl and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, wait, do we see that? We never see that, do we? And then he was like, yeah, that happens in Let's Kill Hitler. And I was like, oh my God, they make such a big thing about this, like having this bloody religious experience seeing Matt Smith yeah. fall from the sky and what actually happens, Let's Kill Hitler happens. Possibly one of the worst episodes ever made. And you're like... 
oh my god how to drop the ball on that because you've got the whole Mel's thing and it's just like yeah. oh that the whole thing just ooh, it just sets my teeth on edge i <laughs> I've got I've got something here I just want to go through as an example of something that sets my teeth on edge just in this episode itself. So they're all in the diner. They're trying to work out if the doctor that is in front of them is actually the doctor or not. Yes. River yells something about Jim the fish. The doctor says he's 900 something years old. Rory says he understands. River says they've been recruited and it's something to do with somebody called Canton Everett Delaware III and Space 1969. They've been recruited by somebody that trusts the doctor more than anybody else in the universe. The doctor says who? And River says spoilers. And it's like, I can absolutely understand why 1.5 million people tuned out and went, no, like you're not giving me anything. You're yeah. just saying you're asking lots of questions and somebody says something enigmatic as if mm. that's supposed to be a replacement for no, actually what's going on because yeah. you know, it's just, I, I, lots, lots of ideas and lots of really cool ideas in isolation. Oh yeah. The silence, yeah. space, 1969, yeah. uh, America, uh, you know, river, even melody pond to an extent and all the stuff that's going on with Amy and Rory. But, juggling all of that Mm. while also setting up a full series while also trying to debut your new season and get that off to a really great energetic start. I think this delivers on that to an extent, but it then weighs itself down in stuff that, as you say, either doesn't get, you know, answered and doesn't get tied up or, you know, stuff that's going to baffle and bemuse a general audience, which is the, the audience that you want. And I think that's why I, why subsequent times I've watched it, I've enjoyed it less because it's because you know that all these strands that when you watch it the first time round as a fan and you're like, oh, what does this mean? I can't wait to find out how this all gets resolved. But now we have the hindsight of like, oh, well, that that just mm. payoff of that was pretty poo. That it it just brings the it brings it down. Um, yeah, I mean, the other thing that really bugged me, and it's again, it's a very indicative of this era, is the flirting between the Eleventh Doctor and River Song. You know, the stuff about her being a screamer, and it's just and like, the Doctor getting off on how many of these silence can you kill? Five. Yeah. Oh well, maybe you could get another one in there. Oh six. Oh okay. Yeah, keep going. Like, oh, keep yeah. T- you know, it's fuck off. Why, yeah, why is the doctor getting off of somebody being murdered for a start? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it, it, it is a big ick. It's a big ick from me. I'm just like, mm, this is not, this is not the way. Do you know there's something that was in a trailer that didn't feature in this episode of River getting naked to distract some guards in her prison cell? Jesus Christ, no. There's a shot in the trailer of her sort of like, bare shoulders up winking right. um which i remember from the trailer and i was waiting for it to appear in this and then looked on the wiki wiki tardis entry and it was like oh no that was shot for something that just didn't end up happening in the show um <laughs> as if you need river to be any more horny on screen yeah than she already is um but yeah, i don't we know i mean in- i don't know if this is just this is just a, a stephen moffaty fantasy that He'd be if he was Doctor Who. He'd travel around with like the horniest woman. She would drive me round the fucking twist. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and that it's would that get also, old. It, that would be that would be like 
titillating for the first couple of minutes. You'd be like, oh, and then after a while, you'd be like, yeah, all right, we get it. We get it. Yeah, you get it. it. You're a fucking wind up. Why are you talking to me like that? Like, why are you talking (laughs) down to me all the time? Unless your thing is, I like to be humiliated by sexy, strong women. And I I think that is what the thing is, isn't it? Yeah, there's a... There's a humiliation kick. The doctor's in there with a ball gag in his mouth, yeah. chained up, uh, yeah. getting whipped. A 20-inch black rib nobbler. Yeah. Um, so the the doctor ends up landing in the Oval Office. Obviously, as you say, there's that great bit where he's making notes and he says, carry on. Um, in the previously for Day of the Moon, that shot where the TARDIS decloaks itself Yes. Is shown again, but without the White House officers in the foreground, which I thought oh. was like, oh, so they were added in afterwards, or I don't know what went on there, but that was a, a weird thing that I noticed. Um, uh, the Canton, legs, the nose, he's very good. Canton, Canton is very good. What I'm did you surprised think of, he didn't come back. Yeah, he seems like he should have been a character that m- made another appearance, and he, he yeah. isn't an actor, as far as I'm aware, that's gone and got himself cancelled. So, no, 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 uh, not weird that he hasn't sort of made a return. And his what father, make- his father in real life, plays him as an old man. Ah, very yeah. clever. Yeah, I think they I cast- did read there was a plan to get him in old man makeup. Yeah, and bring him back, but I think they probably took one look at the job they did on Nixon and thought, <laughs> let's get your dad in instead. I, I could be completely wrong, and I think it was him who suggested his dad do it. I think that was right. it. I think they sort of said to him, you know, you're going to be made up to look old. And I think he was like, bugger that. My dad's an actor. Get him to do it. He can play yeah. me as an old man. And, it, and yeah, it works. Great idea. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this? So this whole TARDIS team setup, because I don't think we've really spoken an awful lot about Amy as a companion. And no. obviously Karen Gillan has gone off to do great things. Yeah. Um, Someone else who legs... went on to do great things in this episode is the president's bodyguard. Uh, I forget his name. Oh, black yes. Guy he's the main who... baddie in Guardians of the Galaxy, isn't he? The main baddie in Guardians of the Galaxy. He he's was good in... in that film. He's very good in that film. He's excellent. And he was in um, Peacemaker as well. I highly recommend right. if you haven't watched it. Um, the one with John Cena. That's the one with John Cena. It's very good. It's brilliant. I can't uh, see that. Yeah, you can't see it. Oh, very good. Well done. <laughs> I, even, even I got that reference. Even the ego is that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and, and it was weird because, you know, he's now this big actor. And to see he had like this tiny little bit part. I mean, in part two, I don't yeah. think he even had any lines of dialogue. And I was like, wow. He's like, you know, he's like you said, he's the baddie in... Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm sure he's probably going to end up being in James Gunn's DC stuff as well. More than that. Done loads of really good stuff. Um, But we get this breakdown from the Doctor. You think he introduces Nixon to uh, the legs, the nose and Mrs. Robinson, which I think is a, you know, a pretty good distillation of what's going on there. What do you think of Amy as as a companion? Because she looms very large in the Doctor's legend as the 11th incarnation, even Mm. through to his regeneration where he has a bit of an Adric moment. And it's like, she's the last person he sees before he regenerates. What what, what do you think of Amy Pond? Um, Oof. I don't know. I remember the first time around, I didn't really like her that much. I think because of the way that she was with Rory, but uh, she's fine. She's all right, isn't she? I mean, uh, she's not. I mean, yeah, sometimes she can be a bit annoying in that regard. Mm. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't mind her. I don't mind her. I think when I last did my big rewatch and I rewatched this era, I remember thinking, oh, actually, I quite I quite like the dynamic between mm. her and the Doctor, especially once the... Once the sexual stuff gets out of the way after the two-parter with the angels, 
Mm. Um, I think then the relationship really sort of settles. And, you know, I like that close bond that those two have. Because I guess they found yeah, each they, other, they, they, they? are like best friends. I think they yeah. say it in this episode, don't they? And it comes across like that. Very much so. So, yeah, I, I, I like that. And I think having Rory in the mix, you know, as the companion that kind of doesn't want to be there, really. Um, and I love, he's the he's like the most realistic portrayal of a Doctor Who companion, because yeah. there's that moment where the Doctor says, oh, do you mind going with River down that tunnel? And he's like, yes, yes, I do. I don't want <laughs> to do that. Why would I go down there? And he's like, that is how a person would react in real totally. life if you were like, oh, yeah. With the even, even the bit in, in the beginning of part two when he breaks the bit off of the um the yes. Apollo 11 capsule and just sort but of like bizarrely scored that bit oh they used I, the music from earlier on when he does the I need a, a bow tie a fez load of the maps and a jammy dodger you know and it's like bah, 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 bum, and they used it there and it was like no, way too over the top yeah. I think that was that unless that was a scene that was added in quite late and they were like Murray hasn't had time to score that. Let's just rip yeah. another cue or whatever. But it is it is very odd that... Uh, I, I must say, out. about the score of this episode, the one thing going through my mind was Night of the Doctor, Night of the Doctor, John Hurt, Paul McCann, <laughs> Regeneration. Oh, yeah? Because the whole first episode, so ah. much of the score uh, for Night of the Doctor is lifted from that episode. Interesting. And I was just like hearing all the cues and I was like... Oh, this is the bit when he's gonna drink the the elixir of life, and oh, this is him Funny. Um, seeing his reflection for the first time. It was so weird, and I think I've I watched did... Night of the Doctor more times than I've watched Day of the Moon. This one, yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, they've used the music from the John Hurt regeneration. I was like, no, it's, it's the other way around. I did think that the um, I enjoyed Murray's score from this, uh, it especially, was really good. yeah, you know, the kind of twangy guitar version of yeah. I Am The Doctor sounded great. Um, all the stuff that he scores in the orphanage when Amy's on her own wandering mm. around, that's really creepy and, yeah. and very understated, actually, for a Murray yes. Gold score. It's it's really, really cool. Um, what do you think of the 2010 Doctor Who theme? It's all right. I don't like... I've said it before, but I don't like that. Bam, 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 bam. It's, it's okay. It's okay. The title sequence, I think, is a little bit uninspired. Just the the cloudy colon. But um, <laughs> what, what do you think? <laughs> um, I love it. I really you like know. the theme. I think the theme has a you real... You like a cloudy colon? <laughs> I like a cloudy, cloudy colon, yeah. I think it's the theme's got a real punch and a real drive and a real dynamism to it. Okay. And... I, I don't mind the fanfare so much because it just separates it out from other theme tunes. Right. But um, yeah, I like what Murray did with it. It's it's an interesting sounding theme song. It's different I, at I, least. Yeah, I like that he went very different from what he'd done before with the Tennant Eccleston themes. You know, there was obviously a very clear thought of like, oh, we, we must go, we must do something very yeah. different to really set it apart. Um, what do you think about the non-linear narrative of this story in terms of like part two. So obviously the cliffhanger for part one, I mean, I've, I've jumped ahead. Mm. I've jumped ahead. So, you know, we get all that stuff where they well, there's, there's the a, what are you doing? Saving yeah. your life. <laughs> yeah. There's all that. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, so we have that cliffhanger and Amy shoots the astronaut. 
Um, I gotta say, Amy I like all that. Amy shoots a small child. Amy shoots a small child. Yeah, um, and I like all that stuff. You know, the 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 technology of the silence. You know, that organic, loopy stuff. That mm. that's all really cool. And all, all is, you know, I, I gotta say, I, I do enjoy this story as much as we've been sort of sh- shitting on the payoff of the the story arcs. The the actual. Yeah. The way that the episode is produced, I I, I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? Yeah, what do you think about part two? Then s- jumping straight forwards to three months later, Amy's on the run, covered in um, sharpie marks, uh, and all I, that sort of stuff. I think it's a cool opening. I like you know yeah. the, the idea. Like three months later, they're still on the run because yeah. it does give that kind of conspiracy espionage thing like this is bigger than the government and Doctor Who doesn't tend to do massive jumps in the narrative in in that same way and I remember you know when we saw the 11th Doctor with a beard in the trailer and stuff it was like oh well obviously something's gone down you know that Mm. he's so dishevelled looking Um, he forgot his razor but then when Canton just starts blowing the heads off of Amy and Rory (laughs) yeah and then uh, River Song you know jumps to her death off the side Mm. of that building it's sort of impactful but you know that that isn't actually what happened so there isn't a massive shock to it after the fact and it there's a very very overly contrived thing about getting them together literally the idea is the doctor and canton need to have a conversation in private together yeah right and for all of that canton has been tracking down and hunting, then executes and somehow forges the deaths of, including putting them into a body bag, Amy and Rory, drags them into the middle of this facility, builds this prison, finds the TARDIS and puts it in there with the doctor, gets everybody in there at the same time, and then says when the door shuts, right, well, they can't hear us now, so let's have a chat. So all that sort of stuff at the beginning with flitting back and forth and stuff is just like, just get to it. you know? Yeah. I, I don't really understand why they do any of that. I don't honest. understand it at all. Why didn't he just take the doctor back out into the desert and yeah. under the pretense of you're not giving us any any information, I'm going to shoot you. And to make sure there's no FBI witnesses, I'm going to tell yeah. them to stay behind at the base and just have the conversation there and bring Amy and Rory out there. Because I said to Annie, she was like, why is all this happening? Why are they doing this? Why are they building this cell? And why are they pretending that all this stuff's going on? I was like, oh, I said, it's, not, it's for the, it's so the, sil- it's the silence. It's so the silence can't spy on them and blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense because then the silence turns out to be inside the TARDIS. Well, there's a, there's a, there's a hologram of the silence. Oh, the it's a hologram. Oh, yes, it's not a real one. But then yes. a silence ends up inside that prison cell anyway at the end. So it's not yeah. like it's impenetrable oh, so, so it is, in that way. Yeah. Oh, so, I, okay. So I was right. It was it was for the silence benefit. It wasn't for the FBI's benefit because obviously then they I like, don't pick have up a fucking, the, either have a fucking pick up the president. And, so much of it is about that kind of cloak and dagger, uh, yeah. you know, FBI, uh, there's aliens and the Roswell crash and all that sort of stuff. It's all sort of linked in together. So you think it's about the massive government conspiracy, but yeah. actually Nixon is being very, very cordial and very helpful. Yeah. So it's nothing to do with that ultimately. Um, I'm kind of surprised I mean, I- really that this whole thing, you know, the whole idea of like, oh, we're being watched and, you know, there's, there's a, you know, there's, there's a spy on every corner and, you know, you never know who's watching you. 
obviously it's playing right into the whole Cold War communism yes. saying, you know, beware that, you know, your neighbor might be working for the Reds and all this kind of stuff. I'm really surprised that none of this tied into like the Watergate scandal, you know, about well, there the was phones a bit of being a reference tapped. towards There's it. There's a the reference end, to it. it. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I, I'm surprised that there wasn't more of a thing from Nixon's point of view of being like, well, you know, if we're being spied on by aliens, I'm going to make sure that every phone in America is tapped so I can get these <laughs> bald-headed bastards. That's a, good, that's a very you. good reason. Um, Coming so, yeah. soon to Big Finish. <laughs> we, get, we get all the stuff going on with the prison cell and that sort of very convoluted and the Doctor and Canton and Amy and Rory go off and rescue River. Um, wow, yeah. with the swimming pool thing. Yeah. And then that looked so janky as well. That looked so janky. It didn't janky. look great. No, it was like, I, I, I watched it. I was like, I'd have done something like that in a Doctor Who action figure adventure. It was I was like, thinking the same thing. It was like horizontal flat TARDIS and then a splosh action essentials. Yeah. A little splosh. <laughs> overlay. I was like, I, I could do that. I could knock that up now. So they, they have the, the nano recorder clipped into their palms which was a toy i was gonna say it came out as a a little toy set yeah i never had it so i don't really know what it did because i was watching it i was like well why would this work as a toy inject your friends with light bulbs (laughs) if anyone anyone has the toy leave a comment below and let us know yeah let us know the the great memories you had reenacting the three scenes in which it is used in yeah i think Um, it came with a pen as well i think maybe it came with a pen to Mark your face. Oh no, nice. Okay, clever. I can clever. imagine parents loving that, going, for oh. fuck's sake, we're going to your grandma's funeral and you've decided <laughs> to put tally marks all over your face. It's God. a great idea. It's, it's a, a great, great idea. It's it, it it that is another one of those classic playground Doctor Who things that it taps yeah. into where it's like kids are gonna be doing that in school the next day, even if yeah. they do use, you know, toxic, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, pens to get it on there. Permanent marker, um, yeah. Exactly. They're going to use Sharpies and all sorts and, and get high off them. But it's a great idea. And the yeah. silence are a fantastic concept. It is just a shame, as I said earlier, that this episode ends with it being set up, that there is no possible way they can invade Earth again yeah. and be used in the same way. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we have all that stuff with the silence stalking around the orphanage. Uh, Amy is menaced by the uh, astronaut again after she finds the framed photo of herself with a baby, mm. even though she's already told the doctor, oh, I'm actually not pregnant, which is another yeah. one of those. Okay, great. So there's another another thing that we just have been hanging on and it doesn't mm. actually matter anyway. I mean, this that happens classic. when you're composed completely of jizz. That is that true. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm not surprised the TARDIS scanner is so confused. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's full of kids. Oh, no, she's not. <laughs> Um, but what do you think of one of the big standout moments from the story is, is turf face sliding the yeah. thing back and saying, uh, Oh, she's, it's all right. She's just asleep or she's just dreaming or something yeah. like that. Um, um yeah, what did you think of that whole setup? I mean, I remember when it happened and watching it for the first time being like, Whoa, what, what's going on here? And, you know, being quite interested to see, Oh, where, where's this going to lead? But again, she ended up leading to probably one of the most two-dimensional villains. In fact, I don't mm. think she was even two-dimensional, one-dimensional villain that ever ha- that ever was created in the program because there's no motivation behind her. When you find her later on, it's and she's like, oh, you know, we had to get, we had to make sure that the doctor didn't 
What are they even after? Why do they want to kill the doctor so much? What's he done? I don't know. We'll 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 was get it to it later bang? this year. I was think it we, the we've got more. Oh fuck! Who knows? Is he we, the, oh more... no, it's because he's going to end the universe, isn't it? It's because he's going to turn into the Valyard or whatever the fuck. They do make reference to that, don't they? In the name of the Doctor, it's because of Trenzalore. Oh my god! I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of Trenzalore. It's because there's going to be a big battle. Oh, who cares? Who, who gives, gives a that shit? Fuck? Well, that, Tom that Baker point... should just turn up and say, "Who gives a shit? Who, who really? cares?" What is this whippet shit? What is this whippet shit? Come on. Back um, in my day, I just talked the monsters out of it. And that was the end. <laughs> and talked directors out of their job. Yeah. Um, I so made the, the directors cry. <laughs> I made the directors burst into tears. Um, the silence are trying to take over the world with this post-hypnotic suggestion thing. Um, yeah, what is there's it? The whole what's, stuff the, what's the hip- what is, what? What's the post-hypnotic suggestion? Well, I go think the it's referenced this post-hypnotic <laughs> yeah, suggestion. Yeah, it is. Is it go to the moon? We've always been there, and it's been... Uh, but then the Doctor is the one that actually does the kind of post-hypnotic suggestion thing by putting the silence into yeah. the moon landing footage. Yeah. So well, One of, scene that we haven't talked about, which I think we should talk about, is the scene in the toilet, in the bathroom. Oh, yes. That um, is very good. That is that a is very wicked. good scene. That yeah. is a really cool scene. And... But there's a there's just a few too many moments in it where it's like I don't know who's writing this where the person the the, the silence eventually blows to bits in front of Amy <laughs> yeah um, she kind of turns around this is maybe one too many times where she turns around and goes what sweetie sorry I don't know what you're talking about you know yeah. that kind of is that a Star Trek like, mask <laughs> is that a Star Trek mask no we know what? we know Star Trek monsters are all just people with a bit of stuff on their face <laughs> which is like any doctor who monster to be yeah. fair so um but it, yeah it's like there are a few moments in this uh, like with that rory line earlier about is an astronaut coming out of a lake where it's like yes that's exactly <laughs> what it is this isn't the bit that you should be over explaining to the audience it's mm. all the other stuff that you're trying yeah. to throw in their faces yeah. that we, you actually we, need to we work get on the, we, we get this idea yeah yeah <laughs> that is a great scene clear. it's fantastic that is a fantastic and scene. i was so i remember when watching it for the first time and the woman exploded and i was like yeah. holy shit <laughs> they they did that on on telly at this time in the evening that's amazing um, they went there it was they great went there. it was great very good yeah i, I love the silence they're they're really cool <clears throat> um, Jane, they it is worth saying pictures. that slender man first appeared in media on a creepypasta in june 2009 so right. Not impossible to think the silence, from a design perspective at least, are borrowed. Is yeah, that the and, and yeah, and it's also um, it's the scream, isn't it? Edward Munch's the scream. Oh is yes, the other yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm surprised they never, they never actually went. Oh, have you ever seen Edward Munch's the scream? Well, there's a silence. <laughs> <laughs> there's too many things that they're going. Oh, and by the way, and oh, thinking this and blah, blah, blah. By the well, way, that would just be. <laughs> Have you ever seen Edward Munch's The Scream and then forgotten you've seen it? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know, talking on this, Dobby from Harry Potter is based on Putin? What? There you go. There's a little something for you. Next time you see Dobby, just, you know, you'll see. It's definitely <laughs> Putin. Um, My mind went straight to Peep Show when you said Dobby, and I was like, "What?" Oh no, not that Dobby. No, <laughs> not no, that no Dobby. definitely not that Dobby. Not that Dobby. Um, so 
it's about halfway through that we leave it halfway through day of the moon that we leave the orphanage so we're halfway yeah. through episode two so you know three quarters of the way through the whole story and really at that point we are no closer to finding out what the silence wants and what they're going to do. I mean, that is mm. the ultimate threat. You know, forget all the all the threads you've left dangling that will get answered later down the line about the pregnancy yeah. and even River Song and all that sort of stuff. What do the silence want and what do they want to do? And really, it doesn't really get resolved at all because oh. it does that classic thing from this era where the Doctor just sort of arrives either by accident or by no explanation, beams himself into mm. or on the mothership or into the base of the aliens yeah. because you have that scene where a, a river is pouring over the um, uh, astronaut suit saying, well, you know, th th that kid is so hench. She literally <laughs> ripped her way out of that yeah. suit. She is so wham that she managed to pull herself out of it. Then the, the doctor and Rory have their cucking conversation. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I will say uh, we've obviously joked about it, but I think that, Karen Gillan's performance while she's sobbing in mm. audio form is really yeah. effective and it's really good. kind of pulls yeah. heartstrings. I think she's yeah. really good at that. Um, it's Amy horrible. It's really horrible, actually, because it's, you know, it, it, it's very evocative of like, you know, hostage situations. Yes. Like hearing these she doesn't tapes. know where she is. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really horrible. This is what I mean about the tone of this story is it goes to some very weird places. Like, you, mm. you know, you get the real horror moments then you get this kind of horror which is like quite realistic and then you get mm. oh hello doctor i'm gonna just pull my skirts up you can take me up the arse <laughs> with river song <laughs> i don't remember that scene um she, but he goes, well, bloody said it. <laughs> she i mean she she does she basically does say it all the way through um over so the silence body that i just shot because you like that sort of thing don't you you dirty boy <laughs> Should we talk about that little, that, that last climax, the Doctor and her back I don't want to know about the Doctor's climax. He's, fi <laughs> <laughs> he's firing laser bolts out of his sonic <laughs> screwdriver. Not, out of, not out, out of his sonic, Matt. Not out of anywhere else. Oh, dear, I was going to say, this is just... Uh, he's shooting loads at the silence out yeah, of his shooting sonic. ropes, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's just, that's a ridiculous thing to see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least she turns around and says, "What are you even doing? Yeah, like, what are you? Are you you like assembling furniture at them or something?" Doesn't she? But and he's like, that doesn't make sense because when you look at some of the shots, and I went back and sort of scrubbed through it, yeah, it's not just her red laser bolts that are hitting the silence and making them <laughs> fall over. The Doctor's green laser bolts are hitting them and making them go roar and fall to the ground. <laughs> so. You know, actually, he a river. He is helping. You don't need to have a yeah. go at him like. That. But why is the Sonic doing that? I it's, don't know. Again, he, he should have. He should have used the Sonic and deconstructed the uh, the framework around that console, and so like a girder fell on a silence head or something. I was going to say, yeah, grab a girder and just start caving their heads in. Yeah, because they don't seem to. You know, provided you get out of arm's reach of them. There's not a lot they can do. And they take ages to charge up and yeah. hit you with their thunderbolts anyway. So yeah. you know, they're they, yeah, they're not they're not all that in terms of firepower. Yeah. It's good um, though. I, I do like that that action sequence is directed really well. Oh, where she's it's very dynamic. Singing, yeah. I like mean it's blasting. it's a bit ridiculous, but it's cool. But like I love like the shots of the silence like dying and like flopping to the floor. That's really cool. Yeah. But 
it's never explained how the doctor knows to go there because no. they don't I know because use... he says doesn't he? he's like oh we could have gone there at any point doesn't yeah. he? he says he's like he's like oh I've, i you know i i could have we could have got him like hours ago great that's that's great doctor thanks for, thanks for, thanks for put... doing that agony for ages yeah i'm rory I'm already, exactly. yeah, I've, just, I've just been like tearing my heart out because I'm so worried about my wife. And it's like, nah, it's, it's, sorry, mate. So daft. So I've emotionally daft. cucked you. <laughs> and then we get to the climax of the story and the doctor signs off with Tricky Dicky, goes off yeah. into the TARDIS. And th they have the whole thing where the, the, the silence very, very fortunately say exactly the right thing yeah. that you would want to cut <laughs> yes. into a broadcast of them. It's very convenient, isn't it, that, that Canton filmed it. And that silence also didn't go, I fucking know what that is. I'm yeah. an alien <laughs> super being. I know you're recording me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's very, very handy that that, that that was said. I mean, what if he said something else? What if he said... You Why must can't give you us just be nice presents. to us? <laughs> yeah, you must give us all slices of your cake at your birthday times. You know, that would have uh, been rubbish. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, every human being decides to take up arms. Thankfully, as the doctor says earlier, the mass concentration of the silence are in the, are in the United States. And hmm. so I guess people are just able to open fire at them at will <laughs> without any sort of consequence whatsoever um, over the course of history. Um and I, there the is a lot is... of there is a lot of remarks, isn't there, about guns and stuff in this? Yes. this yeah, which I I do appreciate. I do appreciate. Yes, the little, it's nice the to have it in these remarks. sort of referenced. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the doctor calls Nixon, Tricky Dicky, gets in the TARDIS, and say hello to Frost Amy... for me. Which is yeah, yeah. Say hello to David Frost. That was a nice yeah. reference. Uh, Amy tells him after he's dropped River off, and they have a little bit of a smooch, which yeah. was kind of. Kind of weird because I, I I like the fact that the Eleventh Doctor is sort of like oh girls I don't know what to do mm. you know I I like that that's part of his character and this was quite a nice way I guess of sort of bridging the gap between that Eleventh Doctor and the Eleventh Doctor that's suddenly all over River Song and that yes. you know we're a couple and we're married kind yeah. of thing yeah um but yeah Amy tells the Doctor I'm not actually pregnant and I haven't told Rory Rory's overheard the whole thing and is being a silly sausage um, and the Doctor says right well I know exactly what we need to do next but would you rather just go and do something completely unrelated to the story that we've not <laughs> now got to tell over the next 11 episodes uh, and they say yes I would much rather do that uh, and they go until, off in space and time until they find out that the next adventure is uh, Curse of the Black Spot and then they're like ah oh, yeah. actually we, think, we regret right. that bollocks what a shame um, <laughs> So what did we think of the the episode as a whole, as our, as our closing remarks? I like it. Yeah. I do. I got I got to say, I like it. I, I do enjoy that episode. I, I think it's got some really good moments in there. There's some daft moments, as with lots of Doctor Who. There's some moments that, like we've said, is weighed down by the fact that it's, it's story arc stuff that doesn't quite succeed and doesn't quite stick the landing. But um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I think it's a very strong opener. You know, it feels yeah. quite very confident, um, very confidently directed. And mm. you know, I and I, I, what I do appreciate about it is the scary moments, and I think they do those moments very well. I mean, Moffat's good at doing scary stuff. Mm. 
I agree. I agree. I think those are the best parts of the episode. All the stuff in the orphanage is fantastic. Anytime yeah. the silence are on screen are fantastic. Any allusion to them and, and, and what they're up to is interesting. <laughs> but as you say, all of it, you know, it's a bombastic series opener, which is what you'd expect. But it, all the the beats of it do feel weighed down by the fact that it, it the stuff that does get resolved doesn't necessarily get resolved in the most satisfying way. Yeah. And the rest of the stuff doesn't get resolved and doesn't have any kind of a conclusion to it. So, yeah, sort of a tricky balancing act. But yeah, and I, I mean, agree with you. I mean, it's shot beautifully, as you say. It's directed really nicely. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I just like find moments, like even at the end there when the Doctor and River kiss and she's all like, oh, you know, is that the first time that's happened? And he's like, you know, and I was like, well, what the fuck? Who gives a shit about that? And then yeah. Annie was like, no, no, no. She said, because, you know, their the time streams aren't on the same thing. So for her, that means she's getting closer to dying. And yeah, you know, I, and I was that, like, yeah. oh, God, I was like, I can't, my brain, I, was just, I can't bear it any longer. Can't take it anymore. I need a... Yeah, I remember when Game of Thrones came out on DVD when I first watched it and it had a, a fold-out poster of the family tree of all the Targaryens and the bloody oh Starks and everything. And thank Christ, because I remember watching it thinking, if I didn't have this to work out who was who, I, I'd be lost. They need to do that with the Doctor Who series. With, with, with River Songs. Yeah, they need, they need a fucking spreadsheet. Uh flowchart or something just to tell you exactly what is going on because oh well i think will brooks did of, a really good one but even yes. that feels fairly impenetrable because just all, it's probably like, been around each other probably massively out of date as well by this oh, point well, yeah, well. there's so yeah, many more story points to add now that uh, river song briefly, has met all the doctors exactly now yeah. thank you for <laughs> somehow what did you think of the uh the closing scene of the second part with um, Melody regenerating in the oh. alley. Do you remember watching it when it first happened and going like, whoa, what the fuck? I did indeed. Yes, that was exactly how I reacted. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, that was that was cool. And I was like, what, what's it, what does it mean? Where's this going to go? Uh, and then obviously, of course, it was it was Babby River. But um, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure we've got more Series 6 to talk about later down the line. Yeah. Um, but we'll, as as uh, we'll Billy turn... looks at his spreadsheet and knows so, for a well, while that we'll probably go back to... We probably should do some... Wedding of River Song we at some should. point. There's some gaps opening up later down the line. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have a look at those as they as they come along. But we'll just have a look at a couple of thoughts from um, mm. our people over on Twitter. Yes. Uh, Vicky Lee says, seeing Eleven get shot still breaks my heart to this day, even though I know what comes next. A great yeah. way to start the series and the silence are incredible. They need to come back. Ben Lewis says, a story that marks the beginning of a decline in my enjoyment of the show that yeah. lasted for a few years. Age 14, astronaut being River seemed like the most obvious twist to me, rendering the series long teasing pointless. Yeah. Um, James, uh, sorry, Lee James says, love the setup, love the story, love the silence. Feels like there's more we don't get. I think Canton is probably one of my favourite characters. Uh, Conrad Excellent first part, awesome premise. Sags in the second part a bit, but ends well. Shame it was attached to a wider Series 6 arc that really bogs it down. Yes. Leaves me thinking about how the rest of the series nosedives in quality rather than the story you've just watched. Uh, Alex says, it felt like a big step up on production values. The silence are terrifying, in my opinion, mm. one of the best series openers. So I don't think we're that far off the mark with what other people yeah. have to say. 
Yeah, it seems like it's a story that is very much enjoyed, hmm. but the fact that it ties into other things sort of brings it down a bit. It's a shame, really. Weighs it down. It is. Yeah. It is a shame. Um, you mentioned briefly there uh, what we've got coming up, so I will hmm. add. Uh, the wedding of Riverside. <laughs> uh, but next up on the show, we're actually going to be talking about the underwater menace. We're going back to the 1960s. We're talking about a second Doctor uh, animated reconstruction. Maybe we'll have a guest in time for that. Maybe we won't. We'll see if that actually pans out. Pans out, yeah. Um, but yeah. Very good. Looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, well, that was, it was fun. I enjoyed, I was looking, you know, I was actually genuinely looking forward to rewatching this one. So um, that was, that was good. Uh, and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed discussing it with you. Uh, Excellent. And I hope the people at home have enjoyed listening to it as well. And if you have, <laughs> please share, like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your pets that this is happening. Um, How did you know? If you say subscribe, the little subscribe bar underneath the video does a little colourful thing now. Does it? It can hear you say subscribe and then does a little weird thing. What? Yeah. Oh my god! This is this Freaky is that's, that's that's yeah. I, I don't understand. Well, subscribe. I'm gonna go back. Subscribe. That, that, I, I left that pause <laughs> in because that is for me to watch the video and see there if that happens. Um, so if it doesn't, I'm be very cross with you. <laughs> I'm a liar. Yeah. Uh, well, there we go. See you in time for the underwater menace, uh, mm. I guess. And uh, yeah, have a good week. And we will see you then to talk about fish people. Woo. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.